Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. I'm Patrick Brown, your host and content curator. Uh, Before we get started with our show today, be sure that you uh, subscribe to The Grid Network on YouTube and your podcasting platforms. Uh, That is spelled G-R-Y-D is where you can find my episodes along with other content curators on The Grid. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to our social media accounts on Instagram and, and on Twitter as well. Also, if you haven't checked out most of our content, please do. You're in for a real treat with a lot of sports and entertainment uh, podcasts and segments and whatnot. We've got a really, really big show today. Uh, a lot to get into, a lot of Things have happened in the world of sports. It's been a crazy week of chaos, if I put it could put it to you like that. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets season has officially started with, I'll dive into that here shortly, Dallas goes bear hunting against Chicago in what was a very exciting game for the most part through three quarters until the Dallas defense turned it on and pretty much put the game away. Uh, the 49ers sweep the Rams and SoFi, might as well just be uh, uh, SoFi uh, South for them because it's it, it's a home disadvantage for the Rams. Carolina's costly penalties in the end, cues Atlanta's win in overtime with what was a wild finish. The chaotic truth is, which is a very nice segment that most of my listeners have enjoyed. You're, I think you're going to enjoy the uh, the NFL team this week in that particular segment. Enough from the clown. Another favorite segment most of my listeners like as well. You don't want to miss that one. And we've got a recap of the NFL trade deadline, which took place. It was very active. Um, and we've got some week nine picks, and we'll run through the uh, the a couple of games that which I thought was pretty interesting right before we do our picks for week nine. But first, 
as you all are aware of, one third of the of the group Amigos uh, takeoff was gunned down in Houston, Texas, earlier this week, uh, early Tuesday morning. Uh, he was 28 years old and leaves behind a a slew of you know family and friends who were they're they're in the grieving process right now. Um, Quavo Quavo was with him at the time, but he was not harmed, from my understanding. It's, it's, it was a sad, sad day in hip hop on Tuesday morning. But before I get the show started, I would like to have a moment of silence for for Takeoff. My sincere, deepest condolences to the family and the friends of Takeoff and the Quality Control family. And let's I'll share my sentiments at the end of the show on this particular matter. But right now. If you would, please join me wherever you may be. Let's have a moment of silence for Takeoff, who left us at the young age of 28. Thank you. Let's get the show started. Up first. Organized chaos in Brooklyn has officially started. This was no surprise with the firing of Steve Nash. It was bound to happen. Um, let's rewind the clock back to July twenty, yeah, July twenty nineteen, if I'm not mistaken, when this team came together. The Brooklyn Nets have no winning background whatsoever. This was a team that had just made the playoffs with you know D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Spencer Dinwiddle, you know, they had some nice pieces. Toria Prince, they like they was building something special in Brooklyn. But the summer of the July of 2019, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving decide they're gonna go to team up and you know start a new thing in Brooklyn. Let's take over Brooklyn. Then Jacques Vaughn was pretty much ousted the following season during the bubble or after the bubble concluded because he wasn't really a proven coach. But here's the thing, though. Jacques Vaughn was a respectable coach around the league, and he was pretty much took over after Kenny Atkinson had, you know, stepped down or they removed him as the head coach. Nevertheless... The Brooklyn Nets were going to be up in flames before it got started good. Let's move into the summer of 2021, uh, 2020, I should say. And Steve Nash was hired as, you know, the, the new head coach in Brooklyn. I tell you what, Steve Nash was not ready to be a head coach. He was not ready. And I said this numerous times, uh, you know, within my circle of friends, I said, Brooklyn is not going anywhere as long as you got two offensive-minded uh, guys who really don't buy into a, a team culture. And Kyrie's, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And Kevin Durant is just a follower because all he wants to do is hoop. As long as he can hoop, that's all that matters for him. Go to film study go to practice, weight room for a little bit, and that's it. That That's all Kevin Durant wants to do. But when the going got tough, what did the Nets do for Kevin Durant? 
they traded their picks to go get James Harden because Kyrie Irving could not stay healthy and he was dealing with his own issues away from the court. They get to the conference semis against Milwaukee in a seven-game series and it was a pinky toe from pretty much beating the Milwaukee Bucks and that's a game seven in which Kevin Durant averaged better than 35 points over those those last those final three games Kyrie Irving goes down and he's out for the remaining of the playoffs and James Harden wanted no part of taking the last shot in that game seven at that conference semis which they lost to the eventual champion Milwaukee Bucks fast forward to the summer of 2021 and this team was still you know reeling from you know Losing in the postseason, you know, Kevin Durant goes to uh, goes over to the Olympics and leads Team USA to gold, and he signs a four-year, $200 million extension to stay in Brooklyn. The max deal that they had for Kyrie was taken off the table because they wasn't going to make that kind of commitment to him if he wasn't going to, you know, play a full season. And this was during the back and forth of, you know, the the laws and everything in New York saying, you know, if you, you're you vaccinated, you can play in home games. It was a big fiasco. The Nets got down on their luck midway through the season. Kyrie comes back and you think everybody say, well, you know, this is, it's, it's going to work. You know, you got Kyrie back and Kevin Durant and then James Harden forces his way out of Brooklyn and goes to Philadelphia. How's that working out for James Harden right now in Philadelphia? In return on that trade, they got Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. And what in the world happened to Ben Simmons? I I don't I I really can't put my finger on it. But as the second half of the season was under conclusion, the night that the Brooklyn Nets season ended was a game against Milwaukee in Brooklyn, which Giannis hit pretty much the game winner in Kevin Durant's house. The Brooklyn Nets season ended that night. And I posted that on my Instagram. I said, this this team is not making it to the NBA Finals. I don't care anybody says. They've been the favorite the last three years, and they haven't gotten anywhere because of locker room distractions, off-the-court distractions, Kyrie Irving and whatnot. James Harden, you know, it, the Nets gave Kevin Durant everything he wanted. So, they get to the postseason, and they get swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round. Now, here we are, two and a half weeks into the regular season, and after Kevin Durant's ultimatum, you know, right before the season started, he demanded a trade, and he they nobody would trade for him. So he pretty much said it was going to be me or Sean Marks or Steve Nash, and Joe Sy said that he that the the front office and Steve Nash had his support. We're not getting rid of any of them. So they had to come to Jesus meeting with Kevin Durant and they said, well, let's try to make this work. Cool. Here we are. Steve Nash is fired from the Brooklyn Nets as the head coach. What this circles around back to is Kevin Durant still got what he wanted. And with Steve Nash being removed as the head coach. Now we've got this whole issue and the biggest story in sports with 
Kyrie Irving and his anti-Semitic comments and the, this this team is I hate to say it but this team will not get to the playoffs uh, I'm under I'm under the impression that they won't get there because it's going to be too much to overcome and now with Kyrie out a minimum of five games and they pretty much gave him a checklist for you know to do all this he's got things he has to do before he could be reinstated back to the team and for me it's it's more than what I want to try to digest because I haven't read the book nor see the film that he you know posted on posted a link of on his social media accounts but like I said last week in my show if you listen to it I don't have time for hate speech I really don't and it's to a point where freedom of speech comes with consequences I understand that but you also have to understand words have consequences because if you alienate one community you're basically alienating all of them that's how I see it you can't be for one and not the other there's enough hate in this world that it fuels anger and rage within other communities if you really think about it. we I don't have time for it. The Brooklyn Nets have pretty much said until you check all these boxes, you will not be reinstated to our organization. Now, whether Kyrie does that or not, that's yet to be seen. Uh, Nike had suspended its partnership with him and the backlash of the of the whole anti-Semitic posts and, and whatnot. And his contract with Nike is set to expire next year. But th- this that was the, the first domino that, that fell. Even though he released a statement on his social media explaining himself and whatnot. I, I honestly believe that someone in, in his inner circle in PR said, you have to apologize one way or another. This is too much to overcome. It was a costly mistake that he should have thought about before he posted the link to the film. And now it's just like the Brooklyn Nets are in shambles once again. And there's also rumor that Ime Yudoka may come in and be the head coach for the Nets. I have a lot of, I have a lot to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, if you listen to my show a few weeks ago, right after the whole uh, extramarital affair occurred within the uh, Boston Celtics organization, there's going to be some backlash in Brooklyn. There's going to be a lot of women who are very uneased right now because of what happened and transpired in Boston. This is becoming more and more unbearable to really talk about as a future sports broadcaster and, you know, working my way through this podcasting field and everything. It's one of those things like, man, I, I don't even want to talk about it because it's always it, it's something new every day with the Brooklyn Nets. It's it's something new. Point being, the Nets 
in my humble opinion, are not going to the playoffs. Kevin Durant may be traded at the All-Star break or after this season. A lot can change because if they don't reach their destination, I can see Kevin Durant forcing a trade. Like, within the next few months, he's only one player and they pushed all their chips in the middle of the table for Kevin Durant. Question is, will he buy in and carry this team? Because the way this roster is constructed, it's not a title contender. They would get gentlemen swept by, uh, say, Cleveland in the first round. Because the way the Cavs are looking right now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs got to the Eastern Conference Finals this year against Milwaukee. To me, the Bucks are the best team in the league right now. They're on, they're like the last undefeated team left in the league at 8-0. Giannis is playing lights out basketball. But Brooklyn, we have a problem. Kyrie has to get himself together. Kevin Durant has to be a leader. I was disappointed in his behavior the last, you know, two weeks and whatnot. But I'll save that for another segment during the show. But the Brooklyn Nets are what everybody thought they were going to be. A dumpster fire. It makes the New York Knicks look like a better ran franchise right now. And that's, that's a mouthful for me because in my heart of hearts, I am a Chicago Bulls fan growing up in the Midwest. And I could not stand the Knicks in the 90s if... You grew up in that era of basketball with, you know, the Bulls and Knicks going back and forth in their playoff battles and throughout the regular season. I cannot stand the Knicks. But looking at the franchise today between them and Brooklyn, the Knicks are the better ran franchise despite James Dolan still being the owner of the team and the the the, the, the office the awful man that he's been the last, you know, twenty something years since he's owned the team. But they've got a better roster. And they're better coached than Brooklyn is right now. The person I'm happy for, Steve Nash. Because this is what he was dealing with. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then you got stuck with an an all-star that forgot how to shoot the basketball. It was always something. It's pretty bad when your two-star players don't even acknowledge you or anything. That, 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 to me, it's told me everything I need to know about Kevin Durant's leadership skills he's not a leader he's a follower if he had been a leader and a man and Kyrie said well let's let's go to Brooklyn Katie be like nah I'm gonna stay here and go to state you know beautiful culture geared moving to this nice you know the Chase Center in San Francisco I'm playing with you know the best backcourt duel the league has ever seen uh Draymond, we may have had our differences, but I think we can work that out and I can rehab and chill. But, you know, okay, we'll go to Brooklyn. Let's, you know, start our own thing. Let's take over New York. Three and a half years in, this team has only had one playoff series win with the two of them. That's it. I don't want to hear no more KD versus LeBron for the next two or three years. I don't want to hear that. KD's actions told me everything I needed to know and to agree with why LeBron is still the better leader between the two of them. LeBron leads by example. He's done that. 
the most scrutinized athlete since Michael Jordan. He's went above and beyond the expectations. He may have had his shortcomings, but guess what? You didn't see him try to fi- uh, fire a coach. You, you, the only time I can remember is the the slow start in Cleveland, and him and David Blatt wasn't on the same page. Other than that, I I haven't even really I don't even think about LeBron, you know, trying to fire a coach. He had his issues with Eric Spoelstra in Miami, but we all know that that Heat culture is is something special. Blue collar grind. You, we come in there, you you work your tail off, and we win together. LeBron learned that in Miami. He took it back to Cleveland. Now it's in LA, and it's been it's been a rocky season to the start so far. But the Brooklyn Nets, ladies and gentlemen, they're 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 not going real far. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm not sorry to the the Kevin Durant fanboys who, you know, bow down to everything that he you know he oh he's the greatest player in the in the world right now. He's the best player on the planet. The best player on the planet, you know, leads by example. There's certain players in the league that I would give the keys to the franchise to if I were a GM. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis, Luka Doncic, and Jimmy Butler to that extent. And maybe and Dame Lillard. Those are the guys I would give my keys to the franchise to to help help build a culture of, you know, sacrifice and hard work, you know you've got that mentality let's build something I believe in you and I can trust you I can't trust Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with the keys to my franchise and I believe that's what the Brooklyn Nets are starting to realize that they made a big mistake giving two guys that much power that hadn't really done much you know far as building a team culture of winning what has Kyrie done without LeBron He's been to, he's done blew up two locker rooms, including Boston and Brooklyn and then Cleveland on his way out. Kevin Durant, he hasn't done anything without Steph. You remember when, let's see here, let's go, let's rewind the clock back a little bit. KD was leaving Steph and going to Brooklyn. Everybody and their mama said, Oh, KD's going to be able to win without Steph Curry. And I said, no, he's not. He needs Steph more than Steph needed KD. Kyrie could win without LeBron. How well has that worked out? The Nets have won the title before the Warriors and, and Lakers do. Well, let's see here. Uh, 2020, the Lakers won the title in the Orlando bubble. Uh, 2021, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, took care of the Nets in the conference semis and they won the championship in six over the Suns. And this past season, oh yeah, uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors won the title this year without Kevin Durant. Now, explain that to me. Whose legacy is more tarnished at this point? It's not LeBron's. It ain't Steph's. It's Kevin Durant's at the moment. Because if Kevin Durant is that dude, why didn't he... You know, why hasn't he stepped on the on the front line for this team and led by example? I've been disappointed in his behavior. Like I said, I'll save my thoughts on that particular individual and Kevin Durant when we get to our one of my favorite segments near the end of the show. 
Now that we've got the Brooklyn Nets drama out of the way, let's go ahead and talk some football. The Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears last Sunday, that was a very entertaining game for the most part. I thought that the Cowboys were just going to put pedal to the metal and put the Bears away early. It was looking like that. The offense came out, uh, was on fire. Dak Prescott was playing out of his mind, throwing the football and 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 running with his legs, which was a, a sight to see. This defense is the run defense, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Nation. The run defense is still the biggest glare to me as we speak. The run defense is what is going to hurt us moving forward because there's going to be some games looking at our schedule. We're going to go up against some run offenses that are going to run it down our throats. And what I mean by that is we've got the Packers coming up next Sunday after the bye week with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Those They can run the ball fairly effectively. Then we stay on that road trip and we got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and that run attack in Minnesota, which Minnesota's playing some really good ball right now. We come home and play the Giants on Thanksgiving. That's not looking like an easy win on Thanksgiving. I, I can tell you that right now. That's not going to be an easy win. And then we've got the, the Colts and that, that stretch. And I tell you what, the pass defense I'm not worried about because I know they're going to, you know, Trayvon Diggs is going to get his. And I think opposing quarterbacks should know by now not to throw the ball in Trayvon Diggs' direction. But back to this 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 game in general. The Bears made it an interesting ball game in the third quarter after they scored. It was, I was like, okay, we're, well, here we go. But who, who's going to, who's going to make the plays that matter the most? And well, the Bears, you know, put a little bit of a scare into the Cowboys offense and say, you know what? We're going to keep running the ball at you until you can stop it. And ladies and gentlemen, the linebacker, Micah Parsons, is beyond special at this point. The dude is a freak of an athlete. Rush the quarterback. Intercept if you uh, whatever you need him to do, he can do. I prefer him to, you know, get out to the quarterback. Play at, you know, play at the line of scrimmage, go get the quarterback. But this this man, I tell you what, if Justin Fields had just tapped him on his shoulders and sort of hurtling over him and letting him run that, you know, run it back for that, you know, the fumble recovery. The the Bears are likely going to get, we're going to have great field position, but that's putting pressure on the Cowboys offense to, you know, capitalize on, on that, on that uh, turnover. But nevertheless, that fumble recovery was all she wrote because we never relinquished the lead. The Chicago Bears, ladies and gentlemen, I actually liked what I saw from Justin Fields to a degree. They, they're a team that's building something. They're moving the ball down the field. They've got a pretty good defense, minus Roquan Smith being traded to Baltimore and Robert Quinn being traded to division rival, hated Philadelphia. I'll talk about them later in the show as well. But the Bears... They, they've got something going, and hopefully 
the front office sees that, you know, build an offensive line and put some skill positional players around your your franchise quarterback. Justin Fields has the mo has the highest ceiling right now as far as the quarterbacks from twenty twenty one, Trey Lance being second. What little I've seen of him. But the Bears, you have to do right by your your quarterback. You've got to get a better offensive line. Your defense, I know the monsters of the midway mantra, they're still stuck in 1985 with, with that mantra of, you know, they're known for defense. If you know anything about the history of football, the 85 Bears is one of the greatest defenses of all time. I encourage my younger listeners to go and watch some old highlights of the 85 Bears defense and you, you'll you you'll see why, why, the, why it was special. I have a few friends who are Bears fans and Every time I see him, like, man, if y'all can just, if your front office can just get out of their way and, you know, invest the money in the right areas of the team, you can ha- you can compete with anybody in the NFC because you've, you've shown it. But the fact of the matter is you, you change head coaches every two or three years and coordinators is like you, there's no continuity or no structure. So my, my advice to the Bears Nation is, You've got something special with Justin Fields. You had to protect him. You had to invest in him and invest in that offensive side of the ball. If you can do that, you put yourself in prime position to compete in the NFC with that with that nucleus that you got now. Back to the Cowboys. I I'm almost skeptical at this point because we're coming off of a bye week next Sunday and what's probably going to be the toughest two games of this of this stretch. Actually, yeah, all three games in this stretch. The Packers is going to be a big one, in my humble opinion, because we know Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon could run the football, and I think that's what Green Bay could try to do to us because Matt LaFleur, for whatever reason, I think he's got something up his sleeve. I could be wrong, but Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback. And one thing that I've noticed about the Packers, when they fall behind, they don't start running the football till they get so far into in so far into the hole that they can't get out of it. If the Green Bay Packers come out and run the ball early and effectively effectively against this Dallas defense, that's going to be an appetite for a victory for them. As far as us, we've got to get some stuff cleaned up on offense to a degree. I know everybody's gushing over Tony Pollard having a big game. And, you know, we just, Cowboys Nation, just like with the quarterback, the quarterback noise that we heard, can we enjoy one player without burying the other? I, that's all I've seen for over... A few days is Zeke's wash. Let's let's go with Tony Pollard, and I get all that, but we all know what Zeke brings to the table. It was a good thing that he set out because if he had played, he probably would have you know done more damage to that knee than uh, more damage to his knee than anything by playing. He was giving Tony his his props. He had a pretty good game, but. As the season goes along, we're going to need Zeke. We're going to need Zeke to be the Punisher. We got the thunder and lightning 
in a bottle. Let's let's enjoy both of these guys. Let's 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 not bury one and give the flowers to the other because it, it, I don't think that it's fair to neither one. I've been an Ezekiel Elliott fan since he came to Dallas. Whenever we took him in 2016, I even though I'm not a fan of of Ohio State in general, but since Zeke plays for my beloved Cowboys, and that's probably one of my my favorite players on the team outside of Micah and and Dak and Trayvon, but Zeke was my guy, and I, I've stuck with him. My nephew loves Zeke. My niece is a Dak fanatic. She sees number four. She said, that's Dak. And my nephew goes, Zeke, Zeke eats with big boy spoons. Yep, he does their nephew. But nevertheless, I think our offensive line is starting to get a little bit better. I don't know what the, the situation is going to be with Tyron Smith coming back from that quad injury. He's probably getting ready to work, try to work his way back here soon, according to what Jerry said. But nevertheless, I'm I'm hoping that the second half of the season gives us what we've all been waiting for, and that's hopefully a playoff win because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I can stomach the fact if wait a minute. I'll wait but as a matter of fact, I'll 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 save that for near the end of the show. I don't want to I don't want to spill the beans too quick. And as a, as reported this morning that Dallas has OBJ on their radar in order to try to get a free agent signing of a wide receiver that we missed out on in a trade deadline. I'll discuss that later as well, but I just hope for the sake of this Dallas defense that our run defense is needs needs to be needs to be on point over the next, you know, nine, ten weeks going into this this playoff push coming off of the of the bye week. Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers and Los Angeles Rams. Ladies and gentlemen, the San Francisco 49ers are a Super Bowl contender right now. They are. I was, I I was skeptical of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, and what he's been putting on the field every week. You've, got, I can, I say this every week on my show. Whenever I talk about the 49ers. they've got the very good offensive line. You've got the skill positional players. They just went out and traded for Christian McCaffrey. You've got, you know. Nick Bosa and Fred Warner on defense. D Ford. Only player that's going to hold him back is Jimmy Garoppolo. But whenever they play the Rams, it, I I might as well just pick the 49ers every time they play because I, the Rams they're in trouble. They really are. Matthew Stafford is looking like Matthew Stafford from Detroit. Sean McVay looks like. A coach that really, it's like his, it's like it's in, it's not ran its course. The, the, the premier defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. I haven't heard his name hardly at all this year. Here's, here's what I've always said about Aaron Donald. When he has to play against elite offensive lines and they can neutralize him, it's, it's an appetite for success because if you can take away number 99 on, on the defensive side, you can run the ball at him and through him. 
because that's going to give that that's a weak point right there. That's a key point of emphasis that offensive lines tend to attack. And with you know no really no big weapons and on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, got Cam Akers, but I mean, it's Cooper Cup or bust for the Los Angeles Rams offense. Trading Robert Woods was a mistake. They shouldn't have done that. Cooper Cup is a phenomenal receiver, but he's getting banged up every every week. He's getting banged up. Allen Robinson has been a disappointment. Is Allen Robinson really worth the $60 million that you gave him? I don't think so. You got Bobby Wagner on the back end, and he hasn't much, done much of anything. This defense got exposed, or normally gets exposed against the 49ers because they can't match, toe, they can't go toe-to-toe with Kyle Shanahan's offense and his brilliant play calling. But this, it, it feels like the Rams have reached their, their apex. It feels like they've done, they've, they've got their Super Bowl and it feels like this, this team is headed for some major changes in the next year or two. And I'll save those thoughts for my following segment or two. But back to the game itself. Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown, ran for one, and caught a touchdown. The trifecta, the hat trick. Ladies and gentlemen, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be, I would say, an NFC Championship game. Whether that's against Dallas or god-awful Philadelphia or the Minnesota Vikings. If they get a favorable matchup in the playoffs, they could put themselves in Arizona for the Super Bowl this coming season at the end of the season. Because they can compete with anybody. Again, it boils down to Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything has to be perfect. Because if he has to play from behind, it's a wrap. We saw that in the Kansas City game two weeks ago. They Kansas City built that big lead and then all of a sudden you got Jimmy Garoppolo out there trying to throw the ball and he's throwing interceptions and it's it's not it's not the kind of success that you would want for your quarterback. But nevertheless, I believe that this 49ers team is going to be a problem when we get to the postseason. I still believe that they're the best team in that division, even though Seattle is 5-3. and three. San Francisco is in their rearview mirror. And I believe that the 49ers will be in the NFC Championship game come the last week of uh, January against whoever it may be. And whenever we get there, I think the Rams could be the NFC recipient for the Super Bowl. That That's just my humble opinion. I'm keeping it a buck because Kyle Shanahan, I love I love his play calling. I love the skill positional players they have. He knows, uh, Shanahan knows how to get his players involved, put, the, put Jimmy Garoppolo in the best position to get the playmakers their ball. Uh, the defense, uh, Nick Bosa is about to be one of the highest paid defensive players in the league next offseason. 
you can you can book it. it it's probably going to be a an astronomical contract that's probably going to break the bank for upcoming uh contract extensions at his position Debo Samuel is one of the more explosive offensive players I've seen outside of Tyreek Hill how he can run and catch out of the backfield and Christian McCaffrey may have found his role on this team and he's and it's going to help his career out quite a bit to stay healthy everything is in place Jimmy Garoppolo is the only one that can mess it up and for the sake of of Niners Nation Fingers crossed that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't blow it. I'm going to leave it at that. And the Rams, I got more to say on them here in a little bit. To the wildest game of the week from last week. Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in Atlanta, Georgia. One of the craziest endings I've ever seen in a regular season outside of the the Eagles coming back to beating the Giants in MetLife, the miracle in MetLife. And Carolina had that game won. PJ Walker threw the threw up just threw a beautiful Hail Mary to DJ Moore to pretty much it was pretty much the game winner. DJ Moore should have waited about ten more seconds. You took your helmet off in, in the middle of play. It's going to be an automatic 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. Then you push it back out. The, the extra points push back out enough by then, and your kicker misses it. We're going overtime. Then he misses the, the, the game-winning field goal in overtime. Here come the Falcons. Super Marcus Mariota. I tell you what. That game right there to me was exciting in all honesty you had the the battle of two teams that just would not quit one thing i've said about the falcons this year they've been in some games they've been some competitive games and they just held on a little bit longer to beat their division rival carolina for the for for first place in afc south or nfc south i should say who would have thought that the Atlanta Falcons would be a game or two, two games ahead of the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady. I would have not. I would. I would have passed on that bet because Atlanta, as much talent as they got, it feels like they're in full rebuild mode. Is what they are. Marcus Mariota has been a bright spot of this team. They've got Desmond Ritter in the in the wings, but if Mariota keeps playing, they may keep him around for another, you know, two or three years, you know, kind of give Desmond Ritter, Ritter time to develop a little bit. Kyle Pitts is a really good tight end. Drake London, Cordero Patterson. I mean, they've got some players, but it just it just feels like that whenever, you know, can they sustain success? Because in that division it's theirs to lose, in all honesty, because who knows what Tampa Bay is going to do throughout the rest of the you know second half of the season. Carolina is likely going to have very high draft picks. Um, Atlanta is going to be in the middle of the pack. They'll, they're if they can get everything in order, get their house in order, 
the Atlanta Falcons will be back in contention the next, you know, three to four years, but we're a long ways off from that. But nevertheless, Carolina, that was that was just a a game you let get away due to your costly mistakes. And we've seen that they've got some defense, but they're they're gonna need more than DJ Moore to, you know, win some games offensively. PJ uh Walker was in the XFL and he's making the most of his opportunities by starting these, you know, the second half of the season for the, the Carolina Panthers. Because it feels like the Baker Mayfield experiment is under wraps right now. Sam Darnold feels like a quarterback bust for some reason. I I don't know if it's it almost feels like any quarterback that comes from USC it goes to the Jets. It's it's something's not right. Their 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 career doesn't pan out. I I don't know something about the Jets organization can't get it right with their quarterbacks. So with the Panthers. I think that Steve Wilkes will probably be the head coach next year if they if they give him an opportunity to be the head coach and give him the job. But the Carolina Panthers have a long way to go before they can even consider themselves to be taken seriously as a title contender because the Atlanta Falcons are going in the right direction. And for the sake of argument, that those fans... I don't know. The Falcons fans, to me, are they're kind of wishy-washy to some extent. They only come out when the team wins and everybody hump, you know, jumps on the wagon. But when the team goes downhill, they all leave. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money. With no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. That's not a true fan base in my opinion. I'm not knocking the city of Atlanta because I know there are some some real diehard Falcons fans that live down there. And I know... That they love their their Falcons as much as they love the Georgia Bulldogs and you know the the Braves. Of course, you know the Braves is the biggest team in in the city of Atlanta outside of the Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, the NBA team, but the Falcons fans are kind of uh, it's like hit and miss. But nevertheless, I feel that them too. They too is going in you know in the right direction, trying to you know get things situated and get their house in order. But they'll be on the lookout for the Falcons in the next couple of years. Moving on to my favorite segment, The Chaotic Truth Is. This week is a team that is coming off of a Super Bowl win and a team that I feel is going to be probably blown up in the next year or two. This team, to me, has kind of been on a um, a dry spell to start the season. I don't know if I'll put it to you like this. Let's go ahead and get our music going here. Let's see here. And here we go. 
Ah, yes. My favorite segment of the show. The chaotic truth is... The Los Angeles Rams will miss the playoffs. Reason being, this team has hit its apex. It feels like there's some players on that roster that can be cap casualties at the end of the season. They got what they wanted in the Super Bowl. They got there and they won. This could be almost the end of the Aaron Donald tenure in Los Angeles because to me, if this team misses the playoffs, I believe that they would, you know, try to field offers in order to get some of those draft picks back that they traded away a few years ago. Not saying they would, but it doesn't, you know, hurt to entertain the notion into trying to see what you can get because Aaron Donald's in his prime, but this franchise and this team is, feels like they're turning back into the St. Louis Rams. They have a beautiful stadium in Inglewood, but it's a home disadvantage. And to me, the Los Angeles Rams are how would I put this they've had their run Aaron Donald has been their best player in franchise history outside of you know the great Eric Dickerson who is the running back and is in the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame it may be time to blow this team up after this year I know it sounds kind of harsh to Rams fans and one of my cousins who is a Rams fan since they were in St. Louis. Shout out to him. Um, I, I think they've they've reached the end of the road. They there there's no there's not much that can save their season right now. They don't really have a, a number one receiver outside of Cooper Cup. This defense is not playing well at all. It may be time to just rebuild. And if it meant, you know, trading away cornerstone player Aaron Donald, you may have to do that. Because if you can get some team out there could offer several draft picks for Aaron Donald. And that's no lie. There's teams out there that I would say maybe the Kansas City Chiefs will go all in for because... They know that they're going to have to get after the quarterback as well. Their defense is still a little suspect. But at the end of the day, I believe that the uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they they can you know try to get this team going in the right direction. But it's not going to be this year, in all honesty. I believe that if you could... And Aaron Donald has to really think about this, even though he signed a a three-year extension worth $90 million. I believe he would, would waive his no-trade clause to go to a team that's, you know, still in contention. Why he could still, you know, utilize those those the, the last of his prime years. I believe the Chiefs would. 
I wouldn't rule out Buffalo because if Buffalo sees an opportunity that they can win and they come a little short, I think they would as well. I could be crazy, but that's just a chaotic truce. Another team I could see making a big splash and going all in for Aaron Donald, the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. If that helps, if that, you know, helps improving their defense up front, but their back end is still a little shaky. But other than that, the chaotic truth is the Los Angeles Rams are just going to make the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. I know that sounds a little chaotic, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at your salary cap and see and evaluate your roster. Jalen Ramsey can be a cap casualty in order to, you know, you know, save themselves X amount of dollars, you know, before that that high number becomes a, a, a cap hit. Aaron Donald is the highest paid player on your roster outside of Matthew Stafford, making $40 million. They've spent money over the last, you know, since they've been in L.A. the last four or five years, and they've got to the two Super Bowls winning one of them. Aaron Donald has had a uh, a pretty good career, an astronomical career. First, uh, all, all pro, first team, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion, all 2010s, uh, decade team. Um, what more needs to be said about Aaron Donald? If I were him and this team doesn't make the playoffs this year, I would go to the Rams front office and request a trade and see what you can get. But he would have to waive that no trade clause. And that to me is going to be the deal breaker for any team that acquires him due to the the two years, pretty much $60 million that you'd have to pay him. So he would have to probably restructure it in order to get it under the his a new team's salary cap uh, figures. Jalen Ramsey can, like I said, he could be a cap casualty. But what team? There's teams out there that would would take a number one corner right now that need one. You've got Leonard Floyd, and you've really got to do something with this offensive line that would help. But I feel like the Rams have hit their hit their apex. It feels like this is the end for them right now, going throughout the rest of the season. For them to make the playoffs, they would need some help. And at this stage of the season, no team feels sorry for you if you're not in the playoff contention. They don't care about your records. They don't care about your injuries. They got to go out and win a game just like you do. But nevertheless, the the chaotic truth is the Los Angeles Rams will miss the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl this past season. Because... There's no way you can tell me this team's going to get in with a 9-8 and or 10-7 and record and begin into the wild card. They're not. They've been exposed, and they're beatable. And it's simple. A simple uh, schematic uh, assignment. Neutralize number 99, and you make Matthew Stafford play from behind. Not only that, you take advantage of the mismatches in the secondary because if you have bigger receivers that can you know work on Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rupp and and all those guys 
that you can beat the Rams. And this, it, the 49ers gave, give us this blueprint twice a year whenever they play one another. The LA Rams have lost eight out of the last nine meetings against the 49ers. The only win came in the NFC Championship game during the, um, yeah, this past season. I often feel like the Rams, to me, they've done their job. They've invested their, they've traded picks. They've invested in their roster. But if I'm Stan Kroenke and Les Need, I look at this roster and say, all right, let's, let's rebuild this thing. Let's start fresh. Aaron Donald, we've appreciate everything you've done for this franchise. We've gave you your contract. We want to see you go win another title with another contender. If we got to trade you outside the conference, then so be it. Like I said, the Chiefs would be a destination because those fans are awesome. That the energy and electric electricity in that crowd is is simply amazing. Buffalo Bills, I think they would give up quite a bit to go get Aaron Donald. The Colts, to my imagination, I I don't know. I don't think the Colts would make that move. In all honesty, that that would be. I don't know that that that's kind of like a team right now that would kind of fly under the radar to go and say go Chris Ballard saying we want the best defensive player in this era on our team to help us get to the Super Bowl. That's a wild card. That's a that would be a, a dark horse team to go after Aaron Donald. Let's see, if there's any other teams and I and AFC you got your slim pickings, you know. Uh, Maybe the Chargers, but they're geared to pay Justin Herbert, you know, $60 million annually next season. Book it. Um, the Raiders, maybe. Like I said, the Raiders, because it's still out in the West Coast and out in the desert. It's not that far from L.A. Uh, I don't see him going anywhere in the NFC where the Rams have to deal with them. But I think it'd be an AFC team that would trade for him. But nevertheless... The chaotic truth is the Los Angeles Rams. And they will miss the playoffs. The reason why I like this particular segment is because it allows me to give you commentary into the chaos inside of, you know, certain teams' you know, dilemmas. And the Rams are going to be in cap purgatory next offseason. And it's going to be ugly. So they've got some decisions to make with their with this team and this roster. Because they can't afford they can afford everybody, but they're it's gonna get to a point like, man, we we can't keep doing this if we're not, you know, getting the results. They've got them, but now it's just time to, you know, move on from some of these cornerstone players because, you know, they've reached their apex. You've got your Super Bowl. It's time to rebuild. In order to avoid paying a heftier price for an older roster that's not competing for a Super Bowl. And the, the above conferences are getting younger and younger. And sooner or later, you you're you're beatable. You've you eventually get exposed with all your flaws that were hidden for so long. But this segment to me is I like this segment. My my listeners, I'm glad you all like it. 
and I hope that you all enjoy everything you know that I break down in in this particular segment with no particular teams some weeks we may have NFL teams and some weeks we may have NBA teams but since this is the NFL season we'll likely stick to the NFL but as we get closer to the end of the NFL season I'll probably do NBA teams so I can you know get myself geared up for uh, a nice you know February March April through all the way to the NBA finals conclude but I thank you for listening for to this segment this segment is really fun and it's also as fun as my next segment this next segment this week this particular individual is for me in general I didn't think I would have to put him in this category because he's a sensational player uh, he's an NBA player and I, I hate to do it because I, I'm I like watching him play but he lacks areas that he needs to improve in his behavior and what he says speaks for itself without further ado this week's edition of enough from the clown let's have michael j white introduce it for us here we go enough from the clown enough from the clown the recipient for this week is kevin durant like i said just stated i hated to do it i really did because as great and sensational as he is as a basketball player, one of the, the, the best skill set players we've seen in NBA history. His behavior, to me, is very Aaron Rodgers-esque. Some of the stuff he said to the media this week regarding Steve Nash being you know, fired and Kyrie Irving, to say you were shocked that Steve Nash was fired, you know, and you say, it's the business of the NBA. It is what it is. This is the coach that you wanted. That you signed off on. The the man in your head coach, Steve Nash, had no power. None. He was basically on an island trying to navigate through your mood swings, Kyrie's issues, uh, everything that was given to him, he had nothing to work with. He had no power or say in the Nets organization. For you to kind of like blow it off, like, well, you know, it's the NBA. It's it's the it's this is the business of it. You know, coaches get fired every day. Kevin Durant, it's time for you to step up and be a leader, and I mean that wholeheartedly. It's time for you to be a leader instead of a follower. You can't just sit and say, I want to hoop. It doesn't work that way, Kevin. Leaders have to lead. They have to say things that are uncomfortable to their teammates and to the fan base and to the media. Look at LeBron James for an example. LeBron, regardless of what he does on or off the court, somebody has something negative to say. He doesn't take... He misses free throws, he's scrutinized. He misses game-winning shots, he's scrutinized. 
He doesn't do this, this, or this. He's still scrutinized. But when it's time to be a leader, LeBron James is leading the charge. When he plays bad, he admits that he plays bad. And he's still scrutinized. Kevin Durant plays bad. Well, you know, it's uh, he's the best player on the planet. And, you know, he can he can do no wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Durant has a lot of flaws. Leadership is one of them. And I've said this numerous times. Kevin Durant needs to be a leader instead of a follower. That's what makes you a great player. You have to galvanize the locker room. You have to do things and try to, you got to be there for your coach. I didn't see that in Brooklyn. I didn't see that with him. When he was in in Oklahoma City, yeah, he was the, the man, but the organization loved Russell Westbrook more than they loved Kevin Durant. He goes to Golden State. It's the perfect situation, the perfect head coach, the roster. Everything was, it was golden in the Bay Area. And you left that to go to Brooklyn. And it's like the ship sunk before it started sailing. No pun intended. It's Kevin Durant. If there's one attribute I can give you, leadership. You need to be a leader. The team needs you to be the man. But they need you to be the man in front of the microphone as well. If you're such a great player in which everybody has coddled you, why do you still have burner accounts? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To take shots at the media and the fans. LeBron doesn't have a burner account. LeBron James, to me, is 100 times the leader Kevin Durant wishes he was. That's why I will always say, between the two of them, give me LeBron James any day. Because when the going gets tough, LeBron's going to put the team on his back and do all he can to keep, keep him afloat. Kevin Durant, every man for himself except him. Kevin's not going down with the ship. He'll jump off and get on a life, lifeboat. Uh, yeah, lifeboat before uh, the ship goes down. Everybody else is stranded. It's like he's above everybody, and every and everyone else is just holding him up. How he manages to handle this controversy and adversity in Brooklyn right now is is going to be the tall tale of, of you know what what happens come February when we get to the NBA trade deadline. There's a possibility that they may hire Ime Udoka. And to me, that could be one of the worst decisions that, they, that the Brooklyn Nets can make right now. I know that he's a former assistant, but you have to really look at the situation and say, okay, he had a, a consensual affair with a staffer. He got suspended for a year. You've got Jacques Vaughn bon, uh, in your and you're on your roster right now on your coaching staff. Let him coach. 
he should have been the head coach from the get-go because he would have kept everybody in check. The dynamic of having Kevin Durant and if Kyrie Irving comes back with Ime Udoka, the first time one, the first time they have a falling out, everybody's going to be ready to get all in their feelings because they say, well, it's it's the coach's fault. No. What do we know about Ime Udoka as a head coach This is through his first season of Boston? No BS. No BS. He's not going to be afraid to tell Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to play defense. Because that's going to be his first order of business if he gets the job is to address the defensive side of the ball. Anyhow, I believe Jacques Vaughn Vaughn is the man for the job right now. He's what you need. Emei Udoka is going to come with baggage. Brooklyn Nets as a organization, you really, really should reconsider this because there's going to be women in your organization that's going to feel uneased about that. Please, please take it into consideration and think about your female staffers before you make this move. Because I believe hiring him is going to create more controversy than what you're already dealing with right now. Because I believe if Ime Yudoka is hired, let's let's see how long it'll take before Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or anybody in that organization, you know, they get into a disagreement. It's going to blow up in your faces. That's something that this team needs. Structure. They need accountability. There's no nothing in that organization. Kevin Durant followed Kyrie. Kyrie spoke for everybody. Where did that get him? Where's Kevin Durant at? He said very little, but he'll go on social media and explain himself. And when you do that, in general, there's misconceptions. Because you can clarify what you meant to say, but the media is going to interpret it in another way. So for me, the way I see it, I believe that the Nets should really, really can reconsider not hiring Emei Doka at this point. Because if you do, again, backlash, controversy, and you're going to have your female staffers are going to be walking on eggshells. Because they're going to be afraid to be around him because of what transpired in Boston. As for Kevin Durant, it's time for you to put up. It is. I don't want to hear this notion that you didn't that the team did succeed because of this, this, and this. True to an extent, but don't pout about it. Be a man. Lead. You see what LeBron's been dealing with for all his career. He's had to shelter a majority of the blame and his team's come up short. He's scrutinized and chastised. But you've been coddled, Kevin Durant, because you're the best player on the planet. You can do no wrong. His behavior is Aaron Rodgers-esque. Because when going, when everything is going bad, it's not Kevin Durant's fault. It's everybody else's fault but his. You got to do more than just hoop, KD. You got to be a leader. And now is the time for you to save your own legacy and lead this team and try to get this this thing going in the right direction. 
But if you elect to request a trade, your your legacy is just tarnished that much more. And there's maybe three teams that I could think of off the top of my head that would make a trade for Kevin Durant. One, Phoenix. That team is it, it's fairly good. You know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne. Uh, they've got some nice pieces down there. Uh, you would they would have to trade DeAndre Ayton and maybe a couple picks, but that franchise is really in shambles right now too. With the whole Robert Sauver, you know they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the team as far who's going to buy it. Uh, the Miami Heat would be in the running. Pat Riley would go for it to go help Jimmy Butler, and then the team that would be kind of a wild card that's got a plethora of picks. And this is going to sound a little crazy. The Utah Jazz. Look at all those picks Danny Age got for the group from the Rui Gobert trade to from Minnesota. Do you think Danny Age was look at this and say, I could give up three of these first round picks and throw in a Jordan Clarkson or a Mike Conley with an expiring contract to Brooklyn for for Kevin Durant? I think Danny Age would do it. And Brooklyn would be silly to turn down three, you know, first round picks because look at all those. I think they've got like seven or eight picks over the next 10 years, the Utah Jazz do. So it's not like Danny Ainge is going to miss them. If he has an opportunity to get Kevin Durant, then my goodness, I mean, why not? I mean, what's to lose? Utah's a small market, but you would have the best player quote-unquote, the best player on the planet on your roster that's going to, you know, all you'll hear from the media is, oh, the Jazz are now the title favorites. Yeah. We'll see. Because any team that Kevin Durant's been to, that's what we've been hearing for the last several years when he went to Brooklyn. Oh, they're the favorites in the East. Wrong. We've had, uh see, uh, Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston the last three years in the finals have come out the East. The Brooklyn Nets hadn't even been to a conference finals yet, ladies and gentlemen. So that would that was, those are my chaotic thoughts on the whole Brooklyn Nets saga. And enough with the clown with Kevin Durant. As like I said, I hated to do it, but somebody needs to say it because I'm. It seems like every time he opens his mouth, with something I just I just cringe. It's like this 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 is not setting well with me, and I think Brooklyn Nets fans are tired of hearing it too. Because we all know the real fans, Nets fans, are in New Jersey and not Brooklyn. If you live in Brooklyn and you just go to the stadium for photo ops and all that, because you can see who's who in the New York community, and you know you may see Fabulous sitting courtside, you know whatever the case may be. Shout out to Fabulous. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are just are just not a good team right now, and I'm uh, enough with Kevin Durant's clownery behavior to the Nets organization and to the media. All right, now that we've got those two segments out of the way, let's get into some week nine NFL picks on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. And I did okay last week with my picks, but we're hopefully this week is a little bit better. Uh, I hope that Everybody that, you know, watches some uh, college football yesterday, Alabama got beat by LSU 
in overtime. I think it was two overtime. Shout out to the LSU Tigers. They've all but punched your ticket to the uh, SEC championship game in Athens, Georgia, or Atlanta, Georgia, against Georgia is what it looks like. So, nevertheless, this is my favorite time of the year. NFL playoff pushes underway. College football started winding down. But let's go ahead and get our music going for the week night NFL picks. All right. First game on deck. I picked the Houston Texans for Thursday night football to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The Houston Texans lost, but they made it a competitive game. The Eagles still won. And I'm going to say this. The Philadelphia Eagles 8-0 start is misleading. Here's the reason why. They've only had one tough game on their schedule so far, which kind of gave them a scare. And that was against Dallas on Sunday Night Football three weeks ago. The Philadelphia Eagles are, let's just say this. Eagles fans were in Houston Thursday night during the Amazon uh, Prime uh, postgame show. And their fan base was, you know, in the stands saying, Dallas sucks. You drove all the way to Houston, or flew all the way to Houston, I should say, just so you can make it known that you still, you're still in your feelings about us. I believe we have free real estate in y'all's minds and I love it I love that we keep y'all up at night I really do because that lets me know you're scared of Dallas and rightfully so because we all know we all know that you're waiting for December 24th to roll around you're going to wake up one of these days and it will be December 24th but I got news for you Eagles Nation your day of reckoning is coming. You're eventually going to lose. And I'm going to love every minute of it. Spoiler alert. The day that they lose. I may have a celebration to start my show whenever that happens. I kid you not. I've already got it planned. I, I know Cowboys Nation. We're, we're going to celebrate together. On my behalf. And at the expense of Eagles Nation instead of fly Eagles fly it's going to be cry Eagles cry I may fix some a Philly special that day you know I like to you know cook chicken from time to time I may have some Philadelphia inspired wings that day just to troll them you know since they we, we stay on their minds 24-7, 365. And they have yet to really acknowledge the fact that their 8-0 start is misleading. I love the fact that that's all they talk about is Dallas. You know, you still got other games on your schedule that you have to play. The day you lose, I'm going to love it. I may do an IG live for what it's worth. Who knows? But as far as my podcast goes, 
I've got a big, big surprise for them on the day that they lose. I got a big smile on my face right now, just thinking about it. I may act a complete fool and at their expense. I will enjoy it because I'm tired of hearing about the Eagles being the best team in the league. They're not. If there's the, there's the best team in the league right now, it's the Buffalo Bills. Can't see the Chiefs. I put the 49ers above the Eagles right now. And some say, oh, P, you, you ain't giving they props. Like, why? Why should I? I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't like them. I don't like anything pertaining to Philadelphia with the exception of my two fa- my two top 25 players of all time in the NBA and Dr. J and Allen Iverson, who's a Cowboys fan. Now, that's the only, that's the win for Cowboys Nation that one of the most beloved athletes to play in the city of Philadelphia as a Cowboys fan. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your Phillies lost in the World Series last night to the Astros. I love that too. Anyhow, Philadelphia Eagles, your day of reckoning is coming, and I'm here for it. I'm just giving you a heads up. Spoiler alert, Cowboys Nation, we gonna celebrate their loss at their expense when that when that day rolls here, rolls around. Stay tuned. Alright. Back to our picks. The Atlanta Falcons hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. The Falcons are in like I said, they've been in some games. They've competed. And they're playing the Chargers who are Banged up across the across the across the uh, the roster. Keenan Allen re-injured his hamstring over the bye week. Still without Joey Bosa. Rashawn Slater, one of the young premier left tackles of football, he's out. They got Austin Eckler, and I think Mike Williams was questionable for today as well. This Chargers team had a lot of expectations coming in. And I think they're going to fall a little short today against the Atlanta Falcons. I got the Falcons winning 27-17 over the LA Chargers. Our next game that I picked was Miami on the road in Chicago. Miami Dolphins are really good. They just acquired... Bradley Chubb from the uh, Denver Broncos this week, and he got a a contract extension in the process, which was five years, 119 million, uh, five or six years, 119 million with 61 and a half million guaranteed. Was a big move for the Dolphins. They know what's coming. They're they're going for it this year. They are. You might as well say they might as well be San Francisco. Uh, the San Francisco Dolphins, because Mike McDaniel's the is from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, and we're seeing some of the same uh, play calling that Mike Shanahan, uh, 
Kyle Shanahan did in San Francisco, what Mike McDaniels is doing in Miami. The question is, can Tua deliver this year? Chicago, they've this this is a team. Like I said, they're building something. They're building something in Chicago. But on paper, the Dolphins are clearly the better team, better coach, better defense. I got the Dolphins, thirty-one to twenty-three over the Chicago Bears. Next game, the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Carolina Panthers. The Bengals coming off of getting embarrassed on Monday Night Football against division rival Cleveland on Halloween night. Carolina Panthers coming off of a a heartbreaking loss to division rival Atlanta. No Jamar Chase because he's out with the hip injury. Still got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, a decent offensive line. I got the Bengals in this game. I got the Bengals winning 34-20 to over the Carolina Panthers. Next game, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions from Ford Field. <laughs> I was going to pick the Lions this week. I really was until they traded T.J. Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers nearly came back and beat Buffalo last week after falling behind early and then uh, resulted to the run game against the worst scoring defense in the league in the Detroit Lions. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm running the football to establish some some uh, ground early to put Aaron Rodgers in shorter field positions to distribute the ball to his receivers. I believe that the Lions will stay in this game But at the end of the day, the Packers will win and set themselves up for the matchup against the Dallas Cowboys next Sunday afternoon from Lambeau Field. I got the Packers winning 28-14 over the Detroit Lions. Next game, which is my upset of the week. I haven't done one of these in a while. The Indianapolis Colts traveling to New England to take on Matt Jones and the New England Patriots. There's so much that I can say about Matt Jones. I think my guy Barry Grant Jr., shout out to him from the All Even Podcast and the great co-founder. He, he refers to him as Mac Daddy Jones. He may be Mac Daddy Jones, but he ain't making nobody jump. To my younger audiences, Mac Daddy was one half of the duo of Criss Cross, a rap duo from the early 90s. The Patriots right now are in a quarterback carousel between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. The defense is okay, but the Colts are coming in with a sense of urgency today in New England, a sense of urgency. Sam Ellinger has been named the starter for the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken. They nearly beat the Washington Commanders last week in what was an ugly game at the end. But I will take the Indianapolis Colts to upset the New England Patriots 29-16 to in what could be a season-saving game for 
Frank Reich to keep his job. And I've been saying for weeks that Frank Reich's been on the hot seat. It's time for him to start winning some games. It almost feels like there's a fire coming. I think he's going to be the first head coach that gets fired is Frank Wright. I don't know, but just judging by what I've seen and what I've read, there's a possibility that that can happen. But if they win today, the noise dies down a little bit. I like Sam Ellinger over Mac Jones, and I like the Colts to get the upset over the New England Patriots 29-16. to A game that I I went back and forth with. It is the AFC East matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. The Buffalo Bills coming in with some momentum, but their win over Green Bay last week was not impressive. If you take away the two interceptions Josh Allen threw, they're dropping 40 points on the, the Green Bay Packers last week. Josh Allen is my candidate for MVP. But something about this Jets team, as I said a week or two ago, it feels like they're going in the right direction. They've took flight. They have the defense. It's just the quarterback is the glaring issue right now with me. Robert Sala has done a sensational job trying to keep this team going, flying in the right direction, I should say. Um, Sauce Gardner's as good as advertised. My, I would say he'd be the defensive rookie of the year, in my, in my humble opinion. I do believe the Jets will compete in this game, but in the end, Zach Wilson's your quarterback. You've got Elijah Moore, who's nowhere to be found on the football field because the ball's not thrown in his direction. You got Denzel Mims. And you got James Robinson, who you acquired after Brees Hall went down with the torn ACL. The Buffalo Bills are clearly the better team. I think their defense is going to get make Zach Wilson's day miserable. The Jets will hang tough in this game. But in the end, Buffalo is going to be too much because Josh Allen is going to get going. And Stephon Diggs is going to get rolling. Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. Give me the Buffalo Bills 35-20 to 20 over the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium. Moving on to the a game which I wanted to do as my upset of the week. But I backed out of it because of the simple fact it was two teams that one is playing really good, and the other one has found life after the quarterback switch. That being the Minnesota Vikings playing the Washington Commanders on the road today. Kirk Cousins looks like a new quarterback. This Vikings offense is pretty good. Pretty good defense. Whatever Kirk Cousins did in the offseason, I don't know if it's when he got the new drip and it was all over social media looking so icy or the play calling the new head coach Kirk Cousins is playing some really good ball right now the Washington Commanders are fly, are riding high right now they've got new life because they're not out of this this playoff push yet but 
if you look at it on paper, the Vikings are the better team. The Washington Commanders with Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback. You got Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. There's just only so much that that uh, Commanders offense can do against this Minnesota defense. I am taking the Minnesota Vikings to win this game in a close one. Down all the way down to the final three or so minutes. 31 to 24 over the Washington Commanders. Our next game we got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. The Las Vegas Raiders have been a disappointment. Josh McDaniels is terrible. We saw that last week. If you had told me that the Raiders were going to get shut out by the Saints, I would I wouldn't have, I would have probably took that bet, but I didn't. Devontae Adams, best receiver in football, one catch for three yards. It's not going to cut it. They can run the football with Josh Jacobs. They got Darren Waller, Hunter Winfro. This defense is, is the make or break. It's not that good. You got Max Crosby. That's about it. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a decent team. You got the franchise quarterback. Their team that I was not real high on to begin with, but they were looking pretty good early in the season, and they've then reverted back to their old Jacksonville Jaguar ways. Doug Peterson in his first season is is trying to establish a culture in that in that organization and with that team. Trevor Lawrence is immaculately immaculately talented, but he does he throws countless interceptions at the wrong at the most inconvenient time. I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is very underrated as a quarterback for everything that this this guy has been through since he's been from Oakland to Vegas, and it he's like the player you would want in your organization. To keep this team together. I give him his props. I give him his flowers for everything he's dealt with. Now to deal with another head coach. Who doesn't know what he's doing. But. I trust Derek Carr. And Devontae Adams more than. Trevor Lawrence. And. uh, uh, Who's their number one receiver. I can't think of their number one receiver off the top of my head. But. Give me. The Las Vegas Raiders. To get back in the winner's circle. 24-13 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving on to another NFC showdown. NFC West, I might add. There's the Seattle Seahawks who are leading the NFC West at 5-3. Taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. The Seattle Seahawks could be... A team that would can make the playoffs. I think that this team has went has won more games than what we initially thought. Geno Smith looks like a looks like the comeback player of the year. Kenneth Walker is a stud. DK Metcalf is what they call him Donkey Kong is what they call him, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Lockett is still there. They've got some players on defense, but Pete Carroll looks like 
he's Pete Carroll again. This this Seattle Seahawks team is a total difference in night and day without Russell Wilson. What do we know about the Arizona Cardinals? You've got a coach in Cleve Kingsbury who is head over heels a lot of the time. Kyler Murray, it looks like he's playing a video game when he's out there on the field. D-Hop's come back. Um, they just added uh, oh, Robbie Anderson, and they got Hollywood Brown and uh, Moore, Rondell Moore. But I, I, I have to give the slight edge to the Seahawks today because I trust Pete Carroll more than Cliff Kingsbury. Geno Smith over Kyler Murray. As much as of a talent Kyler Murray is, and I've been critical of him as leadership skills and how he how this organization handled the contract extension and all that. But I like the Seahawks in this game. I really do. Give me the Seahawks to win 35 to 24 over the Arizona Cardinals. Another game in which I went back and forth on. I honestly last week said that I would give the Los Angeles Rams a legitimate shot to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had a change of heart over the last 10 days because I want to see Tom Brady get this thing going in the right direction. The Buccaneers are uh, in shambles right now. Todd Bowles, the head coach, doesn't look like a head coach. Byron Leftwich is not calling the right plays. He's calling them, but it doesn't it it doesn't seem like there's no there's no sense of urgency with this team. The defense looks a shell of themselves. They're coming off of a loss to Baltimore 10 days ago. The Los Angeles Rams and the Buccaneers, it was pretty much a pick'em game for me, in all honesty. Because when the schedule came out, I thought this was going to be the game of the year. It, it's not. It it Their record is saying no. But I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady today. I believe this is a get-right game for the Buccaneers at the right time to get their season selling in the right direction. The Los Angeles Rams, as I stated in The Chaotic Truth, is they're not that good of a football team right now. And you can look at it and say, well, one team is just as bad as the other. Tom Brady hasn't had any weapons. They've got the run game. But no Chris Godwin in and out of the lineup. Julio Jones in and out of the lineup. Cameron Bray, Scotty Miller. I think if they can establish the run game early to help Brady out, that gives them a chance to win. Mike Evans or bust, just like it's Cooper Cup or bust for the LA Rams. I like the Buccaneers' chances. This is a game that can save their season and their playoff hopes. Right here, right now, today, on November the 6th, 2022. This is a game that the Buccaneers will get back in the winner's circle. And we can hopefully see Tom Brady kind of re- reignite that fire within him. Not that some of the personal stuff 
has settled. You know, his divorce has been settled from Giselle and whatnot. I think Tom Brady is going to be in a safer space, a clearer mind, and I think the Buccaneers will win. Los Angeles Rams will leave with more questions than answers. Cam Makers returns, but how much of a factor is he going to be in this offense? Cooper Cup or bust? This defense, to me, is not very good. Like I said, if you can neutralize Aaron Donald, you can beat the Rams. And I believe that's what the Buccaneers are going to do. Establish the run. Keep it a manageable, you know, second and third down for Tom Brady. And this defense is going to get after Matthew Stafford. I like the Buccaneers in this game. Give me the Buccaneers. 23-10 to 10 over the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams. Moving on to our Sunday night game. This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be exciting. I expect it to be very high scoring through the first half. I really do. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football. Patrick Magic Mahomes is a phenomenal talent. Andy Reid is one of the greatest offensive-minded coaches we've had outside of the legendary Bill Walsh. Travis Kelsey is the premier tight end in the NFL. All the offensive players that they have Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hartman. They just added Kadarius Toney. Uh, they've got Carlos uh, Hilaire, Ed, uh, Edwards-Hilaire, who can run the football. Jarek McKinnon. They've got a pretty good defense. It's just the secondary is a little spotty still. Frank Clark, Chris Jones. They can still get after the quarterback. The Tennessee Titans coming into this game. I think it's going to be. The Chiefs are going to dare. I think Brian Tannehill starting. I don't know if it's him or Malik Willis starting tonight. I think the Chiefs are going to put this game away early. In the first half. Maybe the third quarter. Mahomes is going to have a field day. It's going to be a lot of scoring. I think Tennessee hangs tough. For. A good chunk of the game, but all they have is Derrick Henry. They've got Robert Woods, Corey. Uh, I don't have Corey Davis. He's with the Jets. It the the Titans defense is well coached. Anytime these teams match up during the regular season or the postseason, it's exciting. It's in Kansas City. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs in. A blowout. I'm going to rephrase that. A blowout. The Titans will get theirs early. But in the end, the Chiefs offense is going to be too much for the for the Titans defense. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. 42-24 to 24 over the Tennessee Titans. And the, uh, the Chiefs will improve to 6-2 on the season. And the Titans will fall to 5-3. Moving on to our Monday night game between 
the uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the New Orleans Saints from the Superdome in New Orleans. If there was a game, I would love to see a player come back and play. And quarterback, Drew Brees for the New Orleans Saints. This will be a game of excitement for me to see Lamar and Drew Brees on the same field together in a very hostile environment in the Superdome in New Orleans. But Andy Dalton is the quarterback for the Saints. They still have Taysom Hill, who's the Swiss Army Knife. He's the gadget player. Chris Olave, potentially being the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara. They've, they've got some... If Andy Dalton could just play mistake-free... But they're going up against one of the, the premier quarterbacks in the NFL and Lamar Jackson. This is Saints defense. The Saints beat or shut out the uh, Raiders last week, 24 to nothing. Alvin Kamara had a big game. But I'm looking at it like this. The Ravens defense got better with the acquisition of Roquan Smith to pair up with Patrick Queen. Lamar Jackson will probably put on a show for everybody on Monday Night Football in the Superdome. I believe the Ravens will win this game and a close one. Because at the end of the day, Andy Dalton will throw an interception or fumble the ball and give the Ravens prime primary field Gavin right they give the Ravens good enough field position, you know, drive it drive it home. I think Baltimore wins this game. 34-28 over the New Orleans Saints for Monday Night Football to to close out Week 9. Week 10 will start next Thursday night in Carolina as they host division rival Atlanta in a rematch of that wild, wild finish last week in Week 8. I, like I said, I'm going to take the Falcons. I do. I am. I'm taking the Falcons because they've been in some games and they've won some games. Carolina, we all we all know they're in full rebuild. It's a short week for both of these teams. I'll give the edge to Atlanta to beat Carolina and, to, and sweep them 29-20 to 20 and stay in first place. And NFC South. Those are all the picks I have for week nine for this week. We are going to I'm going to do something today that I feel needs to be said. As you all know, what uh takeoff was gunned down in Houston early Tuesday morning on November the first in Houston, Texas at, at, at a bowling alley alley over a dice game I was listening to my my brother my podcast brother Bear Grant Jr. from the All Even Podcast shout out to him if you haven't checked his podcast out please do um, he ended his show today with you know what's going on in the music industry right now mainly in, uh, in, in black culture and rap music in general I love what he said because it needed to be said. And 
as I was listening to it, his show this morning and the, what's transpired transpired over the last few days and within, you know, the hip-hop community and whatnot over the last, seemed like, 15 or so years. It, it bothers me to an extent of the direction that we're going in the music industry. It really does. What used to be popular with, you know, rap being having art and substance is a thing of the past. The reason I say that is it feels like whatever sells is what everybody's, you know, trending to. As you've all seen, drill rap has become a lot popular over the last six or seven years in the Midwest and in the South and along with the East Coast. It's it's starting to become concerning. And after what happened with Takeoff, it's 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 like we're not living to grow old. We're supposed to grow old and, you know, see our kids graduate college, uh, high school and college and become grandparents. These kids today, young adults, are not even making it to 30. It's sad. It breaks my heart because why do we have to keep having these senseless acts of violence taking out good people regardless of them being in the entertainment industry or people we know in our families our close friends a few years ago actually decades ago there's the, there was this uh, there's this club and it's the 27 club now if you're familiar with music history back in the 60s or late 60s, early 70s, we lost three of the more influential artists of that decade. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. All which were the age of 27. And that was the thing years ago, the 27 Club. I'm going to see if I can pull this up real quick. Let's see. Janice Joplin, she was, how old was when she passed away? She too was 27. And that was the, you know, one of the things is we're losing influential artists in culture. I don't get it. When will it stop? When will we put the guns down? And start increasing the peace. I don't get it. Maybe it's because I'm from a different era. Where we, I don't know. I, I really can't explain it. But it feels like this generation is different. There's more access. There's more. Everybody's got a cell phone. Back then. You didn't see rappers taking pictures on social media with money. You didn't see that. There was a different code. 
in each of the regions. The East Coast rap scene was telling stories and with that we can relate to. The South was telling their stories. The Midwest, we had our we had our our era of hip hop. The West Coast we all know was the birth of gangster rap with the emergence of NWA being the world's most dangerous rap group and what they went through. I will say this though. Rap has drastically changed over the last 20 something years. What we used to enjoy in my era that was all, all of us who were 80s babies and raised in the 90s and early 2000s, that rap was special. It just feels like this generation it's it's changed. I'm not knocking those who like that particular brand of music, of rap music in general, but it's what sells. And as we've seen, ain't no ain't no love in the streets whatsoever. None. It breaks my heart because young men and women in the industry are leaving here left and right. One of my favorite rappers who was going to become even bigger than himself, who was getting his life and going in the right direction, was a businessman, an entrepreneur. The late Nipsey Hussle was gunned down on his at his in front of his own store, that the Marathon Clothing Store in Crenshaw. We've we've seen Juice World be taken from us. We've seen P and B Rock, Pop Smoke, uh, King Vaughn, and now Takeoff. There's no love in the streets, ladies and gentlemen. It's a vicious cycle in the industry that keeps it keeps repeating itself. Executives know what they're doing when they sign these rappers and entertainers. They know what they're doing. It's it's heartbreaking. You can't be yourself without selling yourself to the industry for a few million dollars. Back then, there were artists of, you know, the likes of Prince, Marvin Gaye, uh, Michael Jackson, Ray Charles. They fought for the, the for their peers. These artists today won't even read a contract to see what's theirs and what isn't. They don't even own their own publishing and that's sad. All that work that you're doing and whatnot, it you it belongs to the label. And we've seen in recent events, artists have had disputes with their labels over publishing and masters. That's your legacy. You need to own your publishing. You need to own your masters. That's your that's your backbone. Because when it's all said and done, when the money runs out, that publishing is yours. And if there's controversy that surrounds it, then there's no label or no publishing company that's going to touch it. Words of advice to to the up-and-coming artists, aspiring artists, be careful what you sign. Be aware of your surroundings and your inner circle. Everybody wants to be your friend. 
everybody gives you access to everything that you want and everything that you need that you get your hands on. Have life insurance policies, please. It's it's one thing that discourages me just seeing young men and women in the entertainment industry who don't have life insurance. You can have all the money in the world, but that's not going to, you can't take that with you. And for those who think life is a game, it's not. It's not a game. We're seeing, you know, young men and women under the age of 30 leave here. We The thing was to grow old and and have a, a and fulfill your life. And we're not doing that no more. It's it's pretty sad. With that, I'll close. I'll end it on this. Please take care of yourself, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and intimately. Life is too short to have beef with people, disagreements. Life is too short. We all know that. Ego and pride play a big role. Success can interfere with that. My prayer to those is have a strong relationship with God. I pray that you have one because at the end of the day, he's the only one that's going to be there when all your friends Walk away when the money runs out and everybody comes off their high. When you hit rock bottom is when everybody decides to to find God or go through a spiritual rebirth to an extent. As I sit here in my humble loft, there's only so much that I can say to try to encourage those. Everything in this life Happens for a reason. But we shouldn't have to bury. Young men and women. Before the age of 30. If you leave here on natural causes. Is one thing. But senseless acts of violence. And harm. Is something that I can't. I can't deal with. I may be. You know. I'm 36 years old. I've I've been through some stuff. I've seen. Gifted athletes in my city, you know, succeed and then they just throw it all away. Like I said, the streets have no love for us in general. They don't have, they, they don't care. There's so much hate and animosity in our society that someone would, you know, take a firearm and, you know, take another person's life out of anger and out of spite. There's there's no room for that because you taking someone else's life, your family has to suffer as well. One family's grieving the loss of their loved one. Your family gets to go and see you behind a, a glass inside of a prison prison cell. Is it worth it? I don't think it is. I don't believe it is. Before guns. There was swords and spears. 
Now there's more guns in our society than it is people. And it's it's just it's to a point where you don't know if you're going to make it from one day to the next. Make each moment count. Because you never know when it's going to be your time to go. Enjoy life. Have fun and be safe. Most importantly, make sure that you have your ducks in a row. That you don't have to leave your family with that financial burden. To you know, take care of whatever that's not taken care of before you leave this earth. I was thinking the other day about what my grandpa told me years ago. As much as I miss him, this thought kept coming back to my mind. We all have to see our maker, our creator one of these days. But when St. Peter comes and calls our name, will we be ready to go? That's between you and God. Make sure your heart, mind, and soul are in line. Do all you can to fulfill life and be safe. It's time to put the guns down, decrease black-on-black violence in our communities, and increase the peace. Our lives in general, it just feels like a whirlwind. It's a lot of generational curses that have yet to be broken in our communities. A lot of brokenness. A lot of emotional anger and rage that hasn't been fully addressed. Men and women going to therapy is a beautiful thing. You shouldn't be afraid to go to therapy. I go and it it helps me. Sitting here behind this microphone recording this podcast is therapy for me because I get to you know, talk sports and, you know, sentiments like this to kind of end my show. But at the end of the day, I hope and pray that someday we can all put the guns down. It's time, fellas. It's time to put the guns down. Taking each other out like this is not what Dr. King, that's not his dream. That wasn't a part of his dream in his speech. The society we live in now and the product and of our environments is detrimental. As much as these young men want to get away from that environment, they can't. They try to make, make better for themselves and then they get called sellouts for getting out of the hood and you know having a successful career. One thing I've always told myself, if I ever make it to that plethora, I'm not going to forget about where I came from. Reason I say that is success means nothing without those who were with me from the ground up. I didn't grow up in a, in a, uh, uh, what you would say a hood, but I grew up on in the west side of my of my city in a trailer park or trailer court everybody knew everybody i would go to the bigger cities and i would see it was like man this is it's not exactly what you call a field trip the first time i went to gary indiana 
was an eye-opener for me. And that, if you know Gary, Indiana is the home of the Jacksons. Michael and all, all of his siblings. That Gary, Gary Indiana, is their, is their home, their hometown. And I can remember riding around what was the downtown area. And it was everything that I wouldn't have thought. You hear about Gary, it's not too far from Chicago, Illinois. And I saw uh, bars over restaurant windows and fences. And I mean, it was like, wow, it's like this, this is rough. I've been to St. Louis and East St. Louis, as a matter of fact, on my way to uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. And I've seen the same thing. And I was like, man, this is, I can, I don't know how, you know, people survive in this, in these parts of town because it's, there's no guarantee. But I, I say this and I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to end the show. I don't know. There's just so much pain that we can take, but when will it end? As I keep going back to, will matter if we start looking out for one another. Whatever your differences may be, your discrepancies, discrepancies, please don't resort to violence where you take each other's lives. It's sad. We're seeing too many people leave here. Let's be, let's build a solution. Let's come up with a solution. It's time. It's been time. It's time to grow up. It's time to be leaders. It's time to be men. Regardless of your background, let's do something that's going to impact the community and not tear it apart. That's my closing statement for this particular episode. I hope that you all enjoyed it today. I hope you all were able to understand this last part of the show. It was not scheduled, but it was I was I was thinking about it and I felt like it needed to be said after everything has transpired this week in in recent memory. With that, that is all the chaos I have for today. Please, please, if you have not subscribed to the grid, please do on your podcasting platform on YouTube and we're available on Apple, Google, probably some other podcasting platforms that are out there. Be sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. You can follow myself at chaotic P on Twitter and Instagram at chaotic sports podcast. The, the podcast logo is in the profile picture that that is it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, stay safe. Please tell your loved ones you love them. And let's increase the peace. Until next week, God bless. Take care. Okay. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.